If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. I was just thinking, you know, you could email. Uh, it's certainly a way to maintain social distancing. You can email me your thoughts, your questions, your ideas. You can put together lists for me. You can, <laughs> I mean, it's um, trying times out there in a myriad of ways. The health crisis, being locked at home, economic concerns, uh, concerns, financial job concerns, all this happening. Lots of things to get to, to talk about. And if I'm being 100% honest with you, I mean, you know, I'm always honest with you. How about transparent and candid? How about candid? I'm being candid with you. I got to say, it is, there's about 723 ways we could go with the with the program today, with everything happening out there. And so I just want to talk with you this morning. I've, I've jotted down notes. I've got links. I've got all sorts of things that I want to get to. And it's, look, like you, I mean, it, it can be, it can be overwhelming, can be candidly overwhelming. There's any number of stories that are out there that on a normal day of the program might be the one that we start off with and talk about off the very top. Now there's probably 37 of them, maybe 55. I don't even know. So by the way, you should also, if you want to, the program is streaming live and on demand at Facebook, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show, should you want to check us out there. So long as Facebook allows us to do that, of course. So, look, I just want to talk um, because I think when there's this much information, I don't want to specifically pick a piece of this and focus on it because I think it's all interwoven together and there's a lot of stuff happening. Number one, I think there's two things, I guess, today um, that that's important today. Number one, it looks as though the CDC is going to recommend that Americans wear masks. Now, these masks, they tell us, are not for protecting ourselves so much from getting it, getting coronavirus. Instead, the masks are, as they tell us, to prevent us to decrease the likelihood that we are an asymptomatic carrier, meaning that we may have coronavirus, but be you know part of the percentage of people who don't 
experience symptoms, thereby thinking us, uh, making us think that we're completely healthy and fine. We go out. We're still social distancing, of course, but we go out not realizing that we, in fact, could be could be the source of infection spreading. And so they say these masks, which they say do not need to be the N95, save, save that stuff for the health professionals, they tell us. Instead of that, what we have is you know, cloth masks, bandanas, other types of masks that they say are good for uh, for the American people to use in general. This is just a recommendation. This is not a uh, requirement, although in some communities I've seen, in fact, I saw on Drudge, saw on Drudge this morning. I should just read the list of headlines on Drudge. Let's just read this really quickly. So there's one of these that I'm going to get to. It's, it's down the list. If you go to Drudge Report, which is I, I, I browse Drudge on a, on a regular basis as well as other places, but these are the headlines that you'll find on Drudge. Spreads, quote, just by breathing, talking about coronavirus. Next hot spots seen as Michigan, Connecticut, and yes, for those of you listening in on Freedom 95 in Indianapolis, it lists Indiana. Fauci, during an interview, all states should have stay-at-home orders. Most states do now have stay-at-home orders. I think there's about a dozen or so that do not. It's South Carolina, I believe Alabama, and then pretty much the middle quarter of the country, I guess, or the middle third. It's North South Dakota, uh, Nebraska, Missouri, places like that. Coronavirus may cause brain damage. Dangerous swelling found in confused patients. CNN Cuomo describes wicked phantas, phantas, I don't know how to say it, majorical experiences that are not dreams. Basically saying he's having hallucinations from the virus. New Jersey governor orders police to commandeer medical supplies. Tells families to social distance from each other even inside the house. And this is the one I was going to get to. This is just we're, we're six, seven, eight of these in. I'm not going to read all these, but this gives you an idea. Residents in Texas City face $1,000 fine for uncovered mouth and nose. Now, that's not, that's not what's going to happen nationally. But, um, well, I should say that's not the case now. We're living in, the, these are uncharted waters. Who knows where this goes? So there's going to be a recommendation uh, that people do wear masks, but not it's not enforceable. It's just a recommendation. And you have some cities, some, some states that are basically uh, levying things like fines and, and jail time for all sorts of things. Um, I know the mayor of Chicago was, I think, even going after people who were going outside for jogs. I mean, it's it's impossible to stay on top of. And, of course, it varies from place to place around the country. I'm in central Indiana, and it looks as though Indiana is, is heading towards being one of the next hot spots here in the next couple of weeks. In fact, I saw, again, from what you can make of the information we're being given, I saw that on April 19th, 
they project at this particular point, although they're not certain by any stretch of the imagination, they do believe April 19th will be the day will be the day that Indiana roughly uh, experiences experiences its um, its peak. And others say that that's going to be well off the mark. Folks, we're, we're just in uncharted territories. And there's a lot of things going on here. You've got, and, and one of the things going on is, is the blame game, right? And this has been happening, well, for as long as there's been politics. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be blame. But I, I, look, I'm from the school of thought that says the blame should be assigned after the crisis has been dealt with. Let's let's spend our time and energy arguing about things such as how to what to do next versus whose fault is it that we got here? What could we have done differently? That is important to understand, but that's not important to understand at this moment in the sense of blaming someone. And so it's funny. I watched last night. I watched Don Lemon CNN. I did. This was I don't know. I should have been asleep by then. But I wasn't. I sat there and watched Don Lemon. That show, by the way, is really bad. I'm just going to say that show is really bad. The amount of dramatic pauses, the amount of attempts of this guy to pretend that he's a journalist, when all he wanted to accomplish last night was to to demonstrate that, that Trump was inept as president and was not exhibiting, demonstrating leadership. I, by the way, disagree with that. And and the amount of blame, it's, it's, it's ironic to me. The governors and the media can blame Trump. But if Trump points out that the governors should be taking an active role and have responsibility for their own state's supplies as well, that's considered, that's considered some sort of a political blame game. Trump, of course, cannot say that, but they can levy any sort of accusation or claim against President Trump that they desire because, of course, they're the media. They're fair and objective. These governors, I mean, in the minds of a lot of people, we have a hierarchy in this country. They don't have an understanding of, of federalism. Now, I will say that an issue like this, we need to think about whether or not who, whose authority or who should be, how we should be managing this. As I've said on here before, I've touched on this. Federalism, I'm one that, that firmly believes in federalism, meaning states' rights, states not under the authority of the federal government, as some people think. Some people, again, look at this, our government as a hierarchy, and it's not, it's not a hierarchy per se. It's often perceived as one, but states have their own rights, and the federal government is not supposed to infringe upon those rights, constitutionally speaking. They're supposed to let the states do what the states do. And then in the areas that they've been given authority by the people and the states, the federal government can take can take the role of, of leader and and um, you know actually do things on a federal level, and that makes that makes sense. Now the question is, you know, to some people, anything that comes up cannot be the responsibility of the federal government, and that's not correct. There are certain responsibilities the federal government should should have, and I think a darn good case can be made. For something like this um, being the responsibility of the federal government because of the the way that this uh, virus doesn't know 
any borders, right? It doesn't know where the state of Ohio becomes, where that border between Indiana is, the border between Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, wherever, right? All these, all these, the virus doesn't know and understand that. And so, and we've got, you know, people traveling from state to state. We've got the interstate system. We've got, well, we'll see if we have uh, flights from, from some of these, these cities, um, as we're moving into again un- uncharted territory here, looking at looking at ways that we can um, try to prevent the spread of this virus, and, and we're looking at the administration is looking at maybe temporarily suspending flights from hot spots or two hot spots, all sorts of all sorts of things at play here. But it's not as simple of of a decision as one might first. Assume there are. I mean, there's a whole myriad of reasons that that people, you know, would travel, and um, but of course there's a risk involved, and so the administration is trying to, from my estimation, from my estimation, try to respect the the liberty of individuals, give people direction, while at the same time realizing that when people take a nonchalant approach to coronavirus, it leads to all sorts of, I don't know, spreads, difficulties, hot spots, disease, death, suffering. And folks, you don't, you don't want this. I don't want this. And so there's all sorts of things that we're trying to navigate here. And again, it's, it's a little tough to, uh, to stay on top of. So anyway, that being said, that's where we are with coronavirus. I have a lot more to say about this, but next segment, next segment, what I want to do, you've heard me talk about a partnership that we have with Shepherd Community Center. And so I spoke with Jay Height of Shepherd. He's the executive director. They are in a way on the front lines of battling the coronavirus as well with what they are doing in their community, how they're serving those people uh, on the near east side of Indianapolis and given our partnership with them, I wanted Jay to come on and explain what, what's going on there. Um, and again, how you can help. We have a 40-day campaign. I know it's, look, there's so much information. It's easy It's easy to get lost here. But I think it's important that we, I know a lot of you, a lot of you are um, looking for people that you might be able to help or things you might be able to do. Shepherd Community is involved in helping people who are hit hard economically. They were already dealing with circumstances uh, that were challenging. This, of course, can uh, exacerbate those uh, conditions. And so we have this this program, and I'm going to have Jay Height on next segment talking a little bit more about this, but you can find out more by going to shepherdcommunity.org slash 40, the number 4040 days. And we'll get to that when we get back from the break. You are listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. All right, welcome back. So you know that we have a format on this uh, program. My interview with Jay is a little bit longer, so I'm going to have to, I'm still going to get to the interview next, but I'm going to have to take a really short segment here to get us back on track. Otherwise, I'm going to hear from people 
telling me that we have too many commercial breaks at the end of the program today because that's what what happened to the timeline. So forgive me for that. So what I want to say this segment really briefly, really briefly, is that, um, look, there's a lot of strain and pressure on families. Probably You're, you're probably experiencing at least – at least you're in uncharted waters as far as what your day-to-day life looks like, especially if you've got children, um, you're not able to you know, see family and friends, you may not be going into the office, you may not be working, you may have filed for temporary unemployment, you may be homeschooling, you be homeschooling your children, you may be doing any number of things like that. And so this affects, this does affect all of us. Small businesses take the impact and, and, and take an impact and have a burden in this as well. I can speak personally to that. But I want to take just a moment and, and remind you that as it is possible, and I know that currently the economy is what it is, and I know that the reality of what we're dealing with prevents us from engaging in certain activities uh, and even even in commerce, or at least we think twice about it, or maybe we put it off. But as as it is possible, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to consider working with those that make this program possible. Um, we have some tremendous partners. I, I'm reminded. I'm just going to list some of them: Freegene, Freegee Auctions and Marketing. My good friend TJ, you've heard him on this on this program for years now. Um, you know, consider consider some uh, possible auctions. I don't know. Some of these might have to be delayed. They do some things online. Uh, but if nothing else, when the situation breaks, consider going to a, an auction. Raymond's Auto, Raymond's Auto and Truck Repair, on the just a little bit west of of Indianapolis on US forty. If you have an issues with your vehicle. I can. I ask that you consider taking it to Bruce and his team. I think Bruce is a fantastic guy. Gets some wonderful stories and learn some things about about Bruce as well. And just um, really good story. Great company and proud to have them on the program as well. Radon Environmental. Look, you might be at home now. You probably are at home now quite a bit, and you might be wondering um, about the indoor air quality. It's something that's. A legitimate concern when you're thinking about radon in in your home, and if you consider uh, the risks of that, and the it's not an expensive thing to mitigate and test for, so consider checking out Radon Environmental if that's something um, that you want to get on top of and make sure is taken care of in your home. And we have lots and lots of others. So I just ask that you, as we go through these difficult times, that we, I know we have a sense of community here in this uh in this listening audience and so just keep that in mind as i'm sure that you do i know and there's lots of other things vying for attention uh, but consider uh, consider working with our advertisers um i know that that might temporarily be harder than usual maybe it's not for some of the some of the needs that you have anyway that being said i gotta take a break get back we're going to share our conversation with jay height ceo excuse me, the executive director of Shepherd Community. Share that conversation when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
Welcome back. So I want to get right to this interview, this conversation I had with Jay Height. He is the executive director of Shepherd Community Center on the Near East Side or in, in Indianapolis, the Near East Side. So I want you to hear what he's doing. And you can even hear the impact of coronavirus on this particular uh, nonprofit philanthropic organization on the Near East Side. Here's Jay Hyde, Shepherd Community. Well, as you know, we are partnering with Shepherd Community Center on the Near East Side of Indianapolis, 40 days uh, campaign to help meet the spiritual, physical, emotional, academic needs of, of our neighbors and break the cycle of poverty in the Near East uh, in the East side of Indianapolis, one child at a time. And I've got the good pleasure to have Jay Height, the executive director of Shepherd Community, with me on the phone today. Jay, welcome to the program. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great and uh, appreciate the partnership, Todd, with with your show. Well, I want to say up front that we're partnering with you. A, I've, we've met several times. I've been in the classroom. You guys have taken me on, on tours I really believe in what you're doing. I think our listeners, if they understood more about your philosophy and your methodology, that they would really love what you're doing. And so I thought I'd start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about your approach, uh, the approach that Shepard takes in serving people and, and you know, philosophically and methodology-wise, uh, what you do to serve folks in your community. Well, first, I would, I would use this, this picture of a stepladder. A stepladder has four legs. Built a, on a foundation of Jesus Christ, there are four legs, academic, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And we want to establish that so folks can move themselves up out of poverty into a life of upward stability. And, and, and using another word picture would be this whole Indiana Jones, the, the swinging bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you had those planks that go across, we believe you, there are 10 assets in your life that move you from poverty to a life of stability. And the least of those 10 is, is money. Now, government has, has defined everything around money. We would say that that is a part, but, but the least. We believe faith is the most important. And, and so we want to build those 10 assets in your life so you're not dependent on us. And, and you could get across if a couple of those are missing, but if you're missing four or five of those planes, there's no way you're going to cross that bridge. And, and that's what has happened in poverty. So many of our families have been sucked in by this hydraulic that doesn't let them out, and, and we want to help build their assets. We believe they were wonderfully made by their creator who has a call on their life, and we want to help them answer that call and to know that there's a God who loves them. We don't force faith on anyone, but we believe faith's important because it gives you a future orientation. And in these very difficult days uh, of isolation and things, we we know that that's important that folks know that they're not alone. Well, and I've been there firsthand to see, again, just a couple of times, but to see to see the students, to see some of the things uh, in, in the food pantry, uh, diff- different things that, that you're doing. And uh, it, it really resonates with me because... I think as as conservative people, as I'm a conservative Christian myself, I think that one of the perceived, and I use the word perceived here, the perceived holes in conservatism is what do you do about people who, uh, you know, who are in need? And we know that um, Jesus even told us that the poor will always be among us. And 
So we're to help those in need if we're in a position to do so. So I guess maybe describe in a little bit of detail some of the programs and services that you provide, because there's quite a few uh, to the people on the Near East side of Indianapolis. Yes, we, we have a continuum uh, that takes you from as soon as that mother's pregnant, we'll work with birth mom and that baby until that baby is into uh, their career, whether they go to college, whether they go to vocation or into trade. And we're helping you every step of the way through that. We're walking through that with you. The students who graduated out of high school last year averaged about nine years of being in our program. And that continuity helps us build those assets. And we're not just working with the students. We're working with their families in a variety of programs. In typical days, we would be working with over 400 students daily. Uh, But these are different days. And in the last few weeks, we've had to pivot as we've gone to e-learning and and making sure we we went out and spent lots of money to make sure our kids would have computers and making sure they have Internet so that they can continue learning. And however long they're going to be out of school, we can't afford any learning loss for them. And so we pivoted to where we're doing that. We're feeding even much more than we've ever fed. Uh, Daily, we're distributing food to children, to students, to their families. We're, we're helping in a family stabilization to help make sure they have money to pay their bills uh, in, in a time when, you know, folks are losing their jobs and they don't have savings. We're trying to deal with the social isolation and connecting people. And so uh, we, we're, we're also helping meet the medical needs of, of our neighbors. And here's the interesting thing, Todd. This is the time that God has established for us. We have been here 35 years connecting to our community and making relationships with our families. And I think now we have the opportunity to help them in a different way and in a deeper way. And I'm thankful for that privilege. It's exhausting and our team is doing amazing work. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we, we unprecedented days and we don't always know what the future is and what tomorrow holds for us. We know that God is with us and we're going to be faithful in those relationships but those relationships that a month ago we were teaching in school or in after school or helping that birth mom and baby, we're still helping them. It's just in different ways. The why is still consistent. We're living out our faith and our love and, and our beliefs that it's our responsibility, that God called us to do this. I think that's part of our conservative beliefs, that it's a personal responsibility. And, and, and so we're still serving them. Uh, we're just serving them the how's a little different these days. Well, that's something that, again, should resonate with a lot of our conservative folks. Again, I think we're often misunderstood because uh, folks say, how about the government not do X, Y, or Z, but instead, and that's the important part, the, the instead part is often overlooked. Instead, why don't we have, we have a role, you have a role, churches have a role, individuals have a role. And so one of the things I'm thinking here, as, as I know folks, of course, we're the listeners are in a wide variety of uh, financial you know, circumstances. We have folks who are very seasoned and established and you know, have done well for themselves. We've got people who are starting out all along that, that continuum. But I'm, one of the things I'm thinking is if someone says, hey, I'm about to get a, a check for whatever, $1,200 a person times the number of kids in my family at $500 a piece, I'm going to get this money. And I don't really need it. And so one of the things that I'm, I've said on the show before is that this is the time to really consider um, maybe if this applies to you if, you, if you don't need that money, to, to put it to good 
to good work. And I think Shepherd Community is someone that could put that money to work. Maybe explain a little bit what the money would be put to to use for, uh, for someone who may be in that situation. Sure. Uh, so as I, we, our board just presented a whole new, or, or, or approved a whole new budget on Monday night. And what we are doing, well, in the next two months, spending over $500,000 to help serve thousands of people in the east side. So we're, we're buying food and we're getting food distributed to our families in a variety of ways. We're helping pay the bills for those who got laid off. Many of our neighbors work in the service industry. We're, we're buying medical equipment, so things like automatic blood pressure cups, so that our neighbors can be monitoring it themselves. We're, we're getting computers for e-learning, but we're also getting things like iPads. Uh, we have a friend helping us get some rebuilt iPads. And why that's important is all of these folks are expected to go to telemedicine. Well, that I'm 54. If I do technology, I have my adult kids come over to my house and do it for me because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not savvy there. But for our neighbors who have very little access we and, and maybe all they have is a phone to understand how to connect for medical care, we want to take iPads into their homes and help them so that they can stay out of the hospital. It's, it's putting together family care packs. Uh, we still want them to celebrate Easter and and, you know, this season's teaching us a lot about Lent, about giving up. But even in this season where we're having to get up a lot, we are being blessed in so many ways because God is here with us. And I continue to see his presence and his hand move. And so we want them to sell, celebrate the risen Savior this Easter season as well. Tell us a little bit. Again, I'm with Jay Height. I should mention the uh, executive director of Shepherd Community Center. We have a a partnership with Shepherd Community, doing a 40 days uh, program to help meet the spiritual, physical, emotional, and academic needs of neighbors on the east side of Indianapolis and help break that cycle of poverty. And so one of the things that has been, um, I guess, interesting to me as, as I've kind of seen some of the things that, that you do um, is number one, I, I got a better bit, a better understanding of, of that zip code that you serve specifically. So A, tell us about that zip code. And then something else I want to ask you about is the, you have a medical, medical and, and law enforcement kind of partnership that, that you do um, to serve that particular area as well. So if you could tell us a little bit about the people in that zip code that you serve and then maybe tell us a little bit about the law enforcement medical uh, kind of partnership you have and, and how that's that's helped uh, serve that community as well. Yes, our, our the near, near side, one of the highest concentration of children in Marion County, one of the poorest areas, very diverse. And, and so this is where we live, work, and worship. This, these are our neighbors. We don't have clients. We have neighbors. And so as we have heard from them, we, we created a partnership with uh, the city at IMPD and IEMS to where we employ a paramedic and a police officer on our payroll to serve in a proactive and in a positive way to help bridge the gap, to go to those homes where they're calling 911 a lot. And what we find is it's not medical issues that they're calling for. It's social issues. It's loneliness. And that's who we were created for. And so, you know, our police officer also runs our Celebrate Recovery Program. And so he actually can arrest them and say, hey, when you get out, I can help you. 
and on Tuesday nights, mm. that's he helps lead our program. And uh, we just transitioned this week to digitally doing Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it's a little difficult, not quite what we want, but we've got to stay in connection mm-hmm. for our families to deal with some types of, of addictions. And so they're able to proactively work, and, and we've pivoted them into uh, different roles during this different season so that we can uh, help our families in deeper ways. But it really changes the conversation when a police officer or paramedic are bringing food into a home and being able to say, how can we help you? Hmm. Yeah, I, the, the, the neighborhood, the community that you serve, I think – you know, one of the last times I was driving through there, just a couple of blocks away, and I think I think it's important to point this out. And again, you serve a wide variety of people. I'm not suggesting that this applies to everyone, but I literally it was a block or two away from you to the uh, back to the west. I saw the street was blocked off by several police cars. I looked down the street; they had the SWAT team in the street, and they were beside that that big, you know, I don't know, tank SUV sort of thing, and so. That's, you know, some of these kids in that area, I know when I ran a boys and girls club, my eyes were opened to the, to the struggles, even my, in my own small town, Midwestern community that some of these kids faced. I grew up kind of in the, the, the beaver family, right? Mom had dinner ready at 530. Dad worked, um, came home early, would coach, you know, basketball and football and all this sort of stuff. So I didn't have any idea some of the struggles and the problems, extreme situations sometimes that were even around me, but there's some very extreme circumstances. That doesn't mean it's all the all the people that you serve, but it's in that community. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, we have historically been one of the most violent areas of the city, and unfortunately, folks build a tolerance to it, and you know it's part of the way of of living life, and we don't want we don't accept that. And it's such a minority of folks who are doing the violence and who prey on our neighbors and who uh, do these types of things. Um, and, and we are trying to rally the neighbors to say, you don't have to accept that. We can work together. And that's where they're calling our police officer because they know him. When, when he was first hired a few years ago, I told him, I said, here's your job. Your job is to be like the old TV show Cheers where everyone knows your name. Mm -hmm. Uh, We live in such a disconnected world. Even before this whole social isolation, social distancing has been going on for years. And while we live in a high concentration of people, we live in a a community full of loneliness. And the epidemic of violence, the epidemic of drugs and OD and that kind of stuff is really – uh, a lagging indicator of the loneliness. And that's what the church is created for. Satan brought loneliness into the world when he brought the disunity of Tower of Babel. It's, and so it is for us to reconnect, to re-neighbor the hood. And, and that's what, uh, government can't do that. No amount of money is going to do that. It's, it's Christians living out Christ's command to love your neighbor. Amen. And you are truly a, a bright beacon in that community, I love what you do. I think our listeners uh, should would really uh, would really be blessed if they just took a look at some of your stuff. So tell us specifically about this forty days campaign. Folks can go to shepherdcommunity.org slash forty days uh, for more information on on that particular campaign. Maybe talk a little bit about that 
or general ways that someone could help you and the the ministry, the the, the services that you're providing to folks in your community? Yeah, the two biggest, <clears throat> actually, I would say three. Number one, we need prayer. Number two, uh, food. If folks uh, want to drop food off, they can go online if you can and, and buy it, have it shipped here. We're going through more food than we've ever had, and it's hard to find. And third, financially. And so part of the campaign is to agree to donate $40 a month to help us meet the needs of our kids. The why hasn't changed. We're going to invest in their lives. We're going to let them know there's a God who loves them. We're going to make sure that they're getting the academic, emotional, physical, and spiritual uh, needs are being met. And we and so that $40 a month helps us. Someone may say, you know, right now I just want to do a one-time gift. We can do that and help our families with the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we didn't know that when we started this, Todd. God did. He's not surprised. And these are ways that folks can invest for the long term. While we have to make sure the needs are met today of, of, of their bellies being full, we're not giving up the idea that we're going to continue to grow them and help them fulfill uh, all of the purposes that God has created them for. Well, amen. And look, I, I've gotten to know you fairly well, and I know a lot of people that are involved with, with Shepherd. And I, I have to say, and I want our listeners to know this, these are some of the best, top-notch, godly people I truly know. And I sincerely mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think what, again, what you are, what you are doing, you're stepping up and trying to fill this void, uh, solve a problem, uh, be a, the hands and feet of, of, of Christ and serving this community. My, my hat goes off to you. We're happy to help you with this campaign. Again, I've, I've shared on here before, and you know this, that we're giving uh, any new advertiser that comes on our program during this time, we're going to be giving 10% of those funds to you. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm blessed to be a part of it, Jay. So any, any last words you would have to, to say to our listeners before we wrap up? Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Todd, for the partnership. And we encourage folks, maybe you have another ministry that, that you are invested in, and we encourage you to invest in them as well during these times. This is what the church was created for. This is why we exist, and, and it's going to take America individually stepping up and doing our part. And so if you want to help a shepherd, we'll be great stewards of that. And uh, uh, But let's all get involved, do what we can. We'll get through this, and uh, God has a great plan for us, and, and, and may the kingdom be advanced. Amen. That's Jay Height, Executive Director, Shepherd Community Center. You can find out more information about their 40 Days campaign by going to shepherdcommunity.org slash 40 days. If you've got the means, if you've got the burden, something tugging at your heart, highly suggest you check this out. I think the world of Jay, I think the world of the ministry, I think the world of the people that are involved here. And Jay, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Well, thank you. Thanks, Todd. So just uh, wrapping up here this hour, I want to point out that for those who sign up for our email newsletter, which is totally free, all you have to do is either text the word Huff, H-U-F-F, that's my last name, H-U-F-F, text that to 31996. 
and then you'll just provide your email address as well. If you do those things, uh, you'll be subscribed to our newsletter and uh, you'll get 30 days of access to total access, which is where you can listen to hour two of this program digitally uh, and get access to commercial-free content and some other bonuses that we're working on as well. And um, that's normally, we normally charge 25 bucks for the year, which you can choose to extend into a membership should you de- uh, decide to do that. But there's no credit card rep- required up front or anything like that. It's truly a freebie. We wanted to do something here uh, during this coronavirus crisis. We know that all folks are struggling in some way, shape, manner, or form. So it's the least that we can do. So anyway. Music is telling me it's time to shut up, guys. I appreciate you listening very much. Have a great weekend. Take care.